Hey guys, it's Stacy. I just wanted to do a quick mini pod um, on the neglected foundations of nose work. Um, for those of you who aren't sure what a mini pod is, a mini pod is just simply a short little, um, I guess it's kind of like a verbal blog, if it will, but it really only goes about 15 minutes. So um, for those of you who are new to my podcast, Welcome. You know, I've, I've started to get a whole lot more people listening, and it's really, really fantastic. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate all of you. Um, yeah, I really want to talk about the foundations of nose work because I see a lot of people really, really focusing on skills. And, and, and I think, you know, and a lot of times there are a couple pieces of foundations that just really are, you know, not really paid that much attention to. Um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about what I call my four cornerstones of trial preparation. And I want you guys to picture a, a pyramid. And in this pyramid, that you have four, four layers. Okay, you have the first layer is confidence. The second layer is motivation. The third layer, now notice this word doesn't come up until the third layer, is skills. And the fourth layer is stamina. I truly believe that in order to adequately train a nose work dog, we need to pay more attention to the first two layers than we do to the second two layers, especially confidence and motivation. Now, the dogs that really taught me uh, and brought this home for me um, are my um, my two um, not rock star dogs. Well, actually, they're turning into rock stars. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to diss them and and say that they aren't rock stars. They are definitely turning into rock stars. But they aren't dogs that decided you know from day one that this was the best thing since sliced bread. I don't know if I would have this same perspective if, you know, all three of my dogs came out of the womb rock stars at nose work. Um, I do have a rock star. My rock star is Judd. Judd is placed uh, very, very highly in the um, in, in rankings in the in in the elite dog list. Um, right now, he's currently in the top forty. Um, I hope that stands. We'll see. Um, he just basically, he took to, to nose work like a duck to water. I mean, he just really, you know, got in there and, um, I mean, it's, it's helped his confidence and everything. And he's a totally different dog, um, in a lot of manner, a lot of, um, a lot of different ways, but he, um, he, he definitely, you know, really took to this. My other two dogs didn't, um, they have different stories and I know I've talked about these dogs a little bit, but I just wanted to introduce them again in case you haven't listened to other po podcasts or you haven't, um, seen, you know, my webinars or anything like that. My second dog in the house to be trained in nose work is Y. Y is a miniature American Shepherd. He is exceedingly timid. A very very timid dog. He is also um, he was highly reactive. Oh, I, I do say was. Uh, he is no longer highly reactive. 
Um, I used to, if I brought him out into my front yard, if he saw another dog within 100 yards, he would lunge and bark. Now he can go to, you know, nose work trials and everything, and he can be about eight feet from another dog and not even notice them. I mean, the, the transformation is, is astounding. But what he taught me was confidence. He taught me how to train confidence. He taught me how to use nose work in a therapeutic way to help build a dog's confidence. Because now he can search novel environments. In the beginning, he wasn't even able to search three boxes away from home. So, you know, he really taught me about confidence. And I have to say, if I just had those two dogs in the house and, and training those two dogs, that that would probably be my mantra, confidence, skills, stamina. But there's a missing piece. I want to talk about Joey. So Joey is my nine-year-old standard poodle. And back before I got into um, nose work heavily, I tried training him in nose work. And you know what? He is not food motivated. He's not toy motivated. And he just saw that this was the biggest, stupidest thing in the world. He had um, the attitude of like, meh. You know, I don't need to do that. I don't need to play um, nose work. You know, there's a whole lot of other things I can do. Um, Joey likes to run and jump and climb and, you know, do all kinds of crazy things. So I, um, about that time I got hired on for Fenzie Dog Sports Academy and Denise Fenzie hired me on. And I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I know Joey, you know, had kind of flunked out of, um, nose work. Nobody had really been able to, to help me. Uh, figure out how to how to get through to this dog. You know, I tried several different methods, and none of them were working. Um, I kind of decided, hey, you know, if um, if I'm going to be teaching for Fenzy Dog Sports Academy, and I'm going to be teaching other people, and other people are coming to me with all kinds of dogs, I need to show that I can train this dog. So. What I did, um, so, you know, basically he had a motivation issue. What, and, and this is, this was how I, I developed my fourth cornerstone of trial preparation was around motivation. I became a student of, of motivation. And what I realized was I needed to introduce a fun factor into nose work. I really had to make nose work fun. Now, for a lot of dogs, like Judd, you know, my rock star, um, they find nose work intrinsically fun. And actually, for Y, it's also intrinsically fun. He just has to get over, you know, his, his issue of the environment and his issue of just being a low-confidence dog to begin with. But Joey, you know, Joey is all about fun. Joey lives and breathes for fun. He's, he's nine and a half years old, and he is a nut. Um you know, but he lives, he lives to have fun. So I, I sat down and I thought to myself, I said, you know, what does Joey like? And the answer to that was, well, he likes chasing cats. He likes, um, counter surfing, even though he's not food motivated, he still likes to counter surf. I'm like, okay, I really can't use those to help train him. So I started to think, I'm like, you know, he also likes 
climbing over things and running and jumping. So, hmm, I wonder if I can use that for nose work. Um, and I did. I did. I actually decided to pair an association with odor. Now, th this is kind of similar to the idea of pairing food with odor. Only I paired fun with odor. And this worked beautifully. And about the time, there was a TV show called American Ninja Warrior. And, um, and I, I got an idea of that from that. And I'm like, you know, that looks like fun. And that looks like something my dog would like if that was like a dog sport. So what I did was I set up a little mini course of really low jumps. It wasn't about jumping. Low jumps, things he had to walk on, things he had to go through. And I put a box of odor um, at the far end. Um, and, and something like, and, and by the way, I call this canine ninja warrior. Now what you can do is you can pair food with that box, um, if you, if you need to, because, you know, it's possible that your dog can, well, it's probable that your dog will get there before you. Then that way you have time to get in and reward. And what I did was I kind of revved him up a little bit and I said, search. Um, actually, I don't know if I said search at that point, but I released him. Um, and he took the jumps, he leaped over it, he got to the food box, or, or not the food box, he got to the odor box, he ate the piece of food, I rushed in, I gave him lots of cookies, and he thought, wow, that was fun. Um, motion, motion equals motivation, by the way, guys. If you ever have a problem with, mo with motivation, you gotta get the dog moving. So then, um, I brought him back. And I said, okay, let's try this again. So if you, after a couple of times of doing this, he was flying through the course, running to that odor box, and just having so much fun. So I said, okay, you know, and I had already kind of introduced um, some of the aspects of odor to him, and he's just the smartest dog you'll ever come across. Um, what I ended up doing was I had, I put out three boxes. One box with odor, two cold boxes, and let him go through the course again. Now, this is over, then over a period of time, I, you know, I started to introduce um, more cold boxes. I started to take away boxes and just put a hideout. Um, again, he's a very smart dog. You know, at the same time that I was doing this, I was also doing some of the exercises that we do at Fenzy Dog Sports Academy to um to teach them what odor is about and everything and i i noticed a few i noticed some significant changes in him he became the dog that was very happy to come down you know i was teaching downstairs in my basement at this point come down in my basement and you know and, and work on his nose work so he taught me a little bit about motivation, and what I noticed was he got really excited. Once he realized what the game was, and he realized he could hunt and search, um, you know, and, and it, it, at that point, you know, because we, we introduced that actually fairly quickly um, in Fenzy Dog Sports Academy. We introduced the hunting and the searching very, very quickly. And he realized that this was a fun activity. So I took my dog with motivation issues and I decided, okay, um, you know, let's do our ORTs. Well, he, he did quite well. Anyway, we, we got through the three ORTs and everything. And 
I'm like, you know what? Let me try NW1. I have no idea what to expect. And I just figured I'm going to go in and I'm just going to look for joyful searches. And that was my goal. It was just joyful searches. And this is this is last April. So he goes in and he got a little bit even more excited because he's not he's not a timid dog at all. And he I think the environment that the trial environment being in a novel area kind of increased his arousal in a good way. Um, it increased his arousal so that um, his performance increased. Well, lo and behold, the, not only were the the searches joyful, but he ended up third place overall. There was, you know, working line German Shepherd and a um, field type Labrador ahead of him, and then there was my standard poodle who had motivation issues. I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, out of 45 dogs, he just placed third overall. This is my dog with low motivation. Well, he no longer had low motivation. So then fast forward a few months, you know, with a little bit more training and, and him deciding that he really loved the sport, we go to, to our NW2. And again, I wanted, you know, happy, joyful searches. That's always been my, my goal for Joey. He ended up high in trial in his NW2. And I'm still shocked. Uh, that was back in October of last year. And then I'm happy to say he did his first NW3 um, this past weekend. And um, we almost titled. I was really proud of him. He found every single hide. I found an extra one in the, uh, in the blank room. So, um, so you know, you, but everybody who does NW3 knows that that happens. And I'm kicking myself, but I'm so proud of him for finding all the hides. Um, so I know I've been talking a lot about Joey, but I don't, I don't talk about Joey very often. You know, and this is this is kind of becoming a mini pad about motivation, but the mini pads pods also about confidence, because really it's it's everything put together. It's that confidence and that motivation. And what I want to instill to you guys is that it's not just about skills. It's not just about getting out there and you know teaching our dog how to search. You know, without confidence and motivation, skills are nothing. Skills are absolutely nothing. You know, we're, we all want to go. We want to learn. Oh, you know, let's move on to inaccessibles. Let's move on to high hides. Let's move on to converging odor. You know, and I see a lot of dogs out there that, you know, need, that have missing foundations. The foundations aren't necessarily, and, you know, I, I have to say this, the foundation is not hunting. Um, and some people are going to disagree with me about that. The foundation is not about odor obedience. A lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. The foundation is confidence, and the foundation is motivation. Now, you can't divorce that from hunting, and you can't divorce that from odor obedience. But odor obedience and, um, and hunting, they come out of confidence and motivation. They're a result of confidence and motivation. They're not the foundation themselves. Um... You know, if if you are having a problem with your dog in trialing, odds are it's a it's it's a, it's a foundational issue. If you're having a problem with your dog leaving odor, or your dog walking on odor, that's a foundational issue. That issue isn't necessarily odor obedience, although odor obedience is the result of that. That's not the the core, the root problem. 
take a look at the root of your issues, the root of, of you know, it, does your dog have confidence to be in the environment to begin with? It, you know, it, are, is, your dog, is your dog too nervous? Have you built the, um, you know, the, the, the wherewithal of your dog to be able to go in and search in a novel environment with confidence, um, with, with no acclimation? Have you been able to build in um, the fact that your dog needs to be motivated and that your dog is actually having fun doing nose work? I mean, nose work is fun. I love it. You love it. Um, most of the dogs love it. But every so often you come across a dog where you're just like, you know what? This dog just doesn't love it. Like the dog likes it and the dog complies. And... You know, and, and we say, even if it's an unconfident dog, you know, because maybe you have a dog that with low confidence and low motivation. Um, and those those dogs get to be there. Sometimes they can be a little hard to watch. And you're like, you know, what, what, what can you do to help this dog? And the answer is foundations. Going back to that confidence, going back to that motivation. Um, last session, I taught a class called NW340, the Four Cornerstones of Trial Preparation. And it was a concept level class. And we spent the entire six weeks on confidence and motivation. Um, some of the dogs needed confidence. Some of the dogs needed motivation. And um, I got this lovely note today from one of my students. And um, she knows who she is once she hears this podcast. But she had a dog with very low motivation. And the low motivation resulted in lack of focus. Now, we did an exercise um, in class that really, you know, a couple times people were like, you know, why are we doing this exercise? Like, what, what is this? And what it did was it instilled motivation into the dogs. Um, and it really, it goes back to, I'm going to talk a little bit about the exercise because I think it was pretty cool. Um, the exercise goes back to the fact that uh, it, it's just basic trial preparation stuff. Um, like ring prep. It's basic ring, ring prep. You know, you bring your dog to the line, you break off, you have a party, and you put your dog away. You bring your dog to the line, you break off, you have a party, and you put the dog away. Now, I decided I was going to adapt that for nose work, and, um, and it had amazing consequences. And this is also, you know, I'm always telling people, you know, this, the search starts when you leave the car. The search ends when you get back to the car. Um, so what we did was we took the dog out of the car, partied all the way to the start line, set up, got the dog into search mode. And by the way, there was odor out there. Then we broke off, we partied and we put the dog back in the car. Now that's very counterintuitive, but what we did was we took the stress off of the search. Um, we took the stress off of, you know, the whole you know, we, we established a routine, we established a fun routine, and we started to, to, to bring fun into the search. And then we would take the dog back out of the car, play with the dog, a lot of personal play, a lot of uh, happy, 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 all the way to the start line, got the dog set up. Then we let the dog, at that point, we let the dog search, they find the hide, and then we made a huge fuss and we partied all the way back to the car. Now, the results of this with all of the dogs was utterly fascinating. It was, it was amazing. And, um, 
you know, and I'm kind of giving away a little bit about what we did in the class, but, um, it, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, I, we took dogs that were low motivation and they turned out to be high motivation dogs. So what was interesting was this student that I was talking about, um, posted on my timeline actually. And, um, and she just said, you know, I just had the most amazing search with my dog. And she said that, you know, she was basically hauling her to the line and the dog is now turning into a high drive dog and the, the dog breed is not typically a high drive breed. So what I have to so, so it, it was just this amazing transformation and, and it's, a, it's also an affirmation. It's an affirmation of these four cornerstones. It's an affirmation of you know, you, you had a dog that she already had skills, but what she was missing was a foundation of confidence and motivation. Well, she had, she actually had confidence, but she was missing the, the foundation of motivation. Um, she's not missing that anymore. And, and she's, she's doing really, really well. Um, so that's a little bit of a, of a case study. And I hope she doesn't mind me, um, you know, commenting on her dog, but other than the fact that I absolutely adore the dog and I, I think they, they have a huge future ahead of them. Um, but the, but that was out of the class NW340, the four cornerstones of trial preparation. Um, and you know, and, and she, she's actually, um, she's a very good trainer. She's a very, very good trainer. Um, and you know, following, you know, normal, get the dog on odor, you know, in the, in the way that we get the dog on odor, um, you know, we, we, we just need to make sure that we're paying attention to, to, um, confidence and motivation. And, you know, we've also made, um, some changes to the, um, our NW101 class as a result over the past year and a half at Fenzie Dog Sports Academy. We've introduced a lot especially a lot of motivation work and a lot of hunting work. And I think what it, what's happening is that it's turning into this really wonderful program. Um, you know, I adapted that canine ninja warrior and I actually brought that into some motivation games that are, that are optional. Um, you know, so anybody who takes a class with me, I'm offering it again, um, this session, uh, enrollments are open right now. Um, you know, there's some motivation games in there and it, it's all about, you know, and, and when I teach it, it's all about getting the dog, making the dog sh feel like that they can move and, and have fun and, um, and, and make it, you know, less about, um, teaching, um, you know, we, we have plenty of time for heavy duty criteria and everything like that, but you know, it's, we're teaching odor obedience, but we're also teaching fun. Um, and we're also teaching hunting and it's, it's just this beautiful combination of, of all these different aspects, you know, and th this is the way I teach it. This is the way, you know, my colleagues at Fenzie Dog Sports Academy teaches it, you know, and, and I think this is probably also the way that a lot of really good trainers out there do it. I, th I think a lot of people get this. I think a lot of people understand that it's not just about, um, hunting. It's not just about odor obedience, but the question is, you know, how flexible are you to be able to figure out how to make this happen? You know, are you trying to train with a recipe because recipes don't work? Are you trying to train with a recipe or are you looking at the dog individually and saying, what does this dog need? Um, 
you know, and, and going back to my last mini pod, and this is actually turning into more of a maxi pod, but, um, bear with me. I hope you're getting a lot out of this. Um, you know, my, my last, um, my last podcast was on appreciation and how I appreciate my dogs. And I hope you guys listen to that one. That one's really about, you know, what do you, what do you learn from each one of your dogs and, and really embracing them as, as gifts and embracing the gifts that they give you. Um, but I do want to, I just want to impress on the fact that, you know, this whole confidence and motivation thing. And, and I have to tell you that people who come, you know, new to the Academy that I haven't worked with before. And they're like, you know, Stacy, I'm, I'm having, I'm having a problem with my dog. And it's not just with the Academy. It's also, um, I teach a lot on, I teach a lot in person as well. Um, and you know, people come, they're like, I, I just, I'm having a problem. My dog is not staying on source. My dog is, um, walking on odor. My dog is, um, you know, I'm having, you know, a lot of confidence issues. I'm having a lot of, well, they they probably don't phrase it that way, but you know, my dog is kind of, you know, having a hard time having fun. Um, I'm having a lot of motivation issues with the dog. Um, and, and with these dogs, I say, you know what, Let, we're not, we're not going to work on skills at all. We're going to work on confidence and motivation. And, and that's what it turns into. Um, a lot of things have really influenced my thinking on this. And, you know, and, and I, I think another thing that we don't necessarily do and those work very well that we should do is pay attention to other sports. Because in a lot of ways, the other sports have really figured out what the secrets are. So I'm looking a lot at, you know, again, I, I was a student of a lot of different sports before um, I decided nose work was my be-all, end-all. Um, I'm also, um, I'm, I'm a past horse person. I was a, dr- a dressage trainer for a long time. And, um, and I had, I rode... Um, I rode a horse up to the, I was schooling at the Grand Prix level and he was, he was a rehab actually. I bought him for the price of a cart. Somebody wanted, you know, they had this, this horse that was ruined and they wanted to get a, this individual wanted to buy a, a cart to drive her other horse. So I bought my horse, his name was Severn and I bought Severn, um, for the price of this cart. And he was a phenomenally uh, talented uh, Swedish warm blood. But he was also considered to be, and I had to, I had to sign this waiver that said that he was highly, um, could be uh, highly dangerous to ride, train, and handle. And that's a quote out of the, and, and I, I just think about this quote because this, 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 this horse was such a pussycat. Um, he actually taught me a lot about confidence as well because he had no confidence in himself and I had to teach him that it was okay to make a mistake and I had to really lift the stress of pressure and lift the pressure off of him. And as soon as I did that, I found this phenomenal horse underneath and, and he was just this this great horse that took me into the international levels. We didn't compete internationally, but but we were competing at the international levels. Um, we were competing, you know, more, mostly on the East Coast. And it got to the point, however, you know, horses are expensive. And I ended up getting out of horses and into dogs. 
And when I started, so, so my horse taught me the value of confidence and the value of, um, just really, um, relationship based training. So, you know, I got into dogs and, um, I started training dogs and I started training, you know, the dogs that I had and, um, you know, and I, my aspirations were in mostly obedience and rally and a little bit of agility. And I was still, you know, I was still struggling a little bit. Well, I found the Fenzy Dog Sports Academy and everything, all those pieces started to come together and I started to learn the philosophies around the Fenzy Dog Sports Academy and how relationship and play are two of the biggest foundational aspects of that. And I took a lot of different classes, and this is before I became an instructor um, at FDSA. I took a lot of different classes, and, it, and I started to learn from other sports. I started to learn, um, this is even before I really got heavy into nose work, um, I learned about play. I learned how to play with my dogs. I learned how to have a relationship with my dogs. I learned how to interact with my dogs. And I think, you know, those foundations bringing, like, the different ideas that other sports have into nose work has really made me into a better trainer. And I think, you know, this is something that I would encourage other people to do. So if you have a background in, a, in agility and, and you have had successful agility dogs, you know something about motivation, right? So again, nose work isn't a recipe. Look at your dog. If you have a dog with motivation issues, use some of the, the motivation techniques that you learned in agility. Um, I did a lot of, um, I took a ring prep class and I, I think that is either being offered this session or next session, um, at Fenzy Dog Sports Academy. And that ring prep class helped me to, um, understand some of the, the different ways of building confidence at the, um, at the line. And I realized, you know, a lot of times, you know, with nose work, we bring our dog up to the line and we're getting our dog completely, you know, completely set at the line and our nerves are going crazy. Our dog's nerves are going crazy. They start thinking there's this three headed monster at the end of the leash and the, um, and the dog, you know, some dogs stress up, some dogs stress down, but it affects the search. So learning that confidence coming to the line, I think was really huge. And so these are just some of the concepts that I borrowed uh, from other, other sports. The idea of play. Um, I have what's called the after party. Um, so the after party is something that occurs after you search. Because I started thinking, you know, it's just basic dog training, right? So if we, if we focus just on the search, and I see this happen so often, where we have, um, you know, a dog does a search, they find the search, they get the cookie, and the handler is elated, you know, they pass the element, they come back, and I see them, you know, before they even put the dog in the car, they're like, they're just celebrating themselves, you know, and they're, they're just, they're happy, happy about it. But the dog is kind of following along like, ho oh, hum, you know, I'm, you know, and, and, you know, even, even though the dog is 80% of the equation, um, and you know, and then they stop and they talk to their, you know, like, oh, we did it, we did it, we did it, but they're not partying with their dogs. Um, I, I see this a lot. I see this a lot. 
what I do that I think makes a really big difference because at that point you've almost punished your dog. Your dog found a hide and now it's all over for the dog and now you're going to go rush and put the dog back in the car. Um, I have a party with my dog. On the way back to my car, I am giving cookie, 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 cookie. I'm doing high hand touches. I'm making a fuss over that dog. And I don't, you know, and, you know, people in the in, in the parking lot, I might give a thumbs up. But, you know, I don't. And, of course, you know, you're, you're not allowed to talk anything about the hides or anything like that. And I never would. And, you know, and I hope any, I hope everybody, you know, um, that's just, that's just taboo. You just don't do that. Um, but that's an aside. Um, you know, I give thumbs up. I'm like, you know, I, I can't, I can't talk right now. Um, you know, I, I just have to focus on my dog. And, you know, I'm partying, party, party. You know, put the dog back in the car. The dog gets more cookies. The dog gets whatever he needs. Um, but that search didn't end until that dog gets back in the car. Um, that's something I feel very strongly about because what I don't want to happen is at the end of the search, the dog gets a cookie and then the dog is essentially taken away from the fun area. The fun area is a search area. So if you take the dog away from the fun, away from the fun area and you're not doing that after party, you know, you, you, you've just punished your dog. So, you know, I literally, um, you know, leave the search area with probably feeding way more cookies than I fed in the search area, which in the search area with every, with every hide, I only feed one cookie cause I'm trying to, trying to get, get this done pretty quickly. But on the way back, I'm like cookie, 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 high hand touch. Woohoo. You're amazing. You're amazing. Um, and interestingly, um, you know, and occasionally, you know, I, I get a no, um, I still party with my dog. I don't want the dog to realize to, to, realize that, you know, it was probably me that made the mistake of reading my dog. And, um, and when I do these high hand touches and, and the dog, you know, or, you know, just petting the dog and just, you know, say, Oh my goodness, you're, you're amazing. You're amazing. And I have different voices for my different dogs and everything, um, and that they like different games, you know, with, with Joey, um, you know, I play with him, I, you know, grab his, grab his little hind end, you know, and that sort of thing. And he gets these happy ears on and it is just the cutest thing in the world. Um, you know, but that's, it's all about foundations. So what I would like to do is, you know, and again, we're, um, <laughs> this has gone way past the mini pod. It's not, it's not quite yet a full podcast but it is it is somewhere along there and it's this is just something i'm pretty passionate about i just want you guys to think about your foundations and think about what is in your training program and if you're finding that your dog is lacking confidence and you're finding that your dog is lacking motivation you know you have to find a way to bring that out in your dog because it you know there's no point in working in with a um, an advanced level skill if your dog is scared in the search area um, or if your dog is not motivated to if your dog isn't having fun um, there's no point to it there's absolutely no point as a matter of fact at that point you know nose work becomes a, a compliance exercise it's it's not it's not a, a joyful exercise so what I want you to do is I want you to go for joyful searches and I you know you need to find out what is the best way to pair? Um, I'm not talking about pairing food. 
Um, I'm talking about pairing joy. How do you pair joy with your search if you need motivation and with confidence? Take a look at how you're training. Take a look at the environment that you're training your dog in. Are you overdoing that? Um, and, and train for confidence. Um, just as an aside, um, one of the reasons, and you know, and this is probably going to be a, a topic of another mini pod, um, where it might actually be a real mini pod. Um, the, a little bit of the science behind why, um, nose work is so good for our dogs and why it's good for reactivity and why it's good for confidence. I just did a webinar on this, but the primary, um, part of it is because scent goes through the limbic system. So that means that your olfactory, um, your olfactory uh, processes actually go through the amygdala and the hippocampus before it goes into the brain and gets processed. Now, because it does this and it takes this long, longer route, but it's a route that is um, related to the fight or flight response. It's also related to memories and emotions. So everything that we do with nose work impacts this emotional state. And we can either have a positive emotional state when we train, or we can have a negative emotional state. So I want you to kind of think about that when you think about your foundations. Are you instilling that positive emotional state with your dog? And if the answer is no, you need to change something. So all of this has been... Um, you know, it's been close to, close to 40 minutes of, of me talking, um, with a monologue around, uh, confidence and motivation, but it, it's really, I really want you to think about your foundations. Your foundations is not about skills. It's, it's not there. Skills will come. Um, if you're having any issues, it's about confidence and motivation. And I want you to work on those. Um, I've given you guys a few different options. I've got a lot more up my sleeve. Um, but these are, you know, make sure you're, you know, going back to my horse example, people ask me, how did you fix this horse? And my answer was a, a few good boys and a couple cookies. And um, people were pretty astonished about that. So sometimes that's what your dog needs. Sometimes they need a few good boys and a couple cookies, but sometimes they need a little bit more. So, um... It is about 4.30 in the morning. I have a tendency to do these really late. I get late moments of brilliance. <laughs> so that was a joke. Um, but, you know, it's been really great talking with you, you guys again, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. <laughs>